And how is everybody doing today? I hope everybody's having a fabulous Friday. I know I am. Uh, woke up early, did some reading. Uh, I'm going to get catch a nice workout, get some client work done, maybe do a little writing, a uh, little bit more research. It's a good day. Absolutely good day. So I hope everybody is ready. We're going to say hi to a few people as people come in. And then we are going to discuss just a few things that I think that possibly could have been done different in the last couple of years. We're not going to get into the politics of it. I don't care. I, I got to be, I don't care. Like, uh, Janet, how are you? One, two, three, eight, eight, seven, five, three. How are you? Um, uh, Shield Maiden Fitness. I, I mean, uh, how are you? But again, I'm not going to get into the politics of anything because this, there really shouldn't be politics involved with this. Like, um, the title of the video is, uh, is what I would would have done different or what I would do if I was the Secretary of Health in 2020. And there's a couple very serious things that I think have been lost, not just from 2020, but from just in general. So, I mean, we're, we're going to go over, I'm going to say hi, numero uno, got your no morbidity in uh, outright bars candidate. That's outstanding. Uh, I would start a program of mixed ho uh, housing, commercials, districts, and mass transit, uh, pedestrian walking should not be illegal. I kind of, I agree with that. So that's good. I was finally checking my emails every day since, uh, uh, since the 18th of August. Well, I'm happy you got it. I don't, uh, it seems like it took a while. I don't know where you're at in the, in the world. So, um, Sean, hey guys, uh. Back at work, when Friday's off, got, got to get you live. That's outstanding, Sean. Outstanding. Glad to hear you're doing better. I believe, if my memory serves me correctly, you had a skull fracture or something like that. So I'm happy you're doing better because uh, that's not something to fuck around with. But we're going to look over some of the literature and things like that. Here's, But I can tell you this. I very much believe in preventative medicine. I don't believe our healthcare system currently does that. Uh, I was a healthcare executive for a long time. And I'm not a doctor, nothing like that. I was in, I was in an administration uh, with a you know heavy, 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 heavy focus on nutrition for hospitals, senior care centers, long-term cares, skilled nursings, um, all sorts of stuff. And I do, I, I did, you know, help write disaster plans, including outbreak plans for multiple counties in the United States. So it's not like I'm not versed on like viral outbreak or anything like that. Uh, I, I help write policy for local governments for it, you know, so, and it's just, that's, that's a, that's a reality. Um, and I just can tell you that one of the reasons why I left the healthcare industry is that it was no longer about health. It's a, it's, it's about maintenance and money. Like they want to maintain your health at the current state of shittiness it is and milk money. Um, hang on a second. I, I, Totally. I, I hear you. And thank you for the tip. I appreciate it. Took three weeks for you. Literally woke up to your live 6 a.m. alarm. Thank you, Andrea. I, I appreciate it. Health has to start with young children before the bad habits set in. Yes and no. I mean, once, uh, once, um, even it's not like adults are lost, you know, but this is about what I would have done in 2020. Now, I can already say say that I, if I was the Secretary of Health, there would have been a few things already already in uh, in place. One would be you know, a weekly you know, a weekly 
live kind of state of the health of the country address where, you know, the secretary of health should be doing their very best to make sure that the people of the United States have all the information possible, all the education possible to make good health decisions, you know, and exercise their freedom. At no point in time should the federal government ever, I mean, the decision should, your health decision should be made by you based on your privacy and your personal, um, your personal level of what you would like, what you would want to risk, you know, like as long you should be able to be told the risks, know what they are, and then move on from there. And your risk does not determine other people's risk. Like, like other, like if it's just not, it's a constitutional thing, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. You're free. You're a free human being. And you at no point in time should you base it on like our freedoms be based on a populist thing. That's not how that works, you know? Um, but I would have weekly call, like weekly calls, and I would try to make sure we presented uh, all sides. So science would not have been turned off. There would be the open avenue for dissenting opinions based upon the data. So we would present the data to the American people, and then people, uh, experts, whatever, can ask questions to each other, openly debate, and have dissenting opinion based on the data, and then the American people can watch. And if the idea would be to, to be presented in uh, language and fashion that would be able to be understood by the populace of the American people, because uh, it's the same thing with your doctor. Like if you go to the doctor and the doctor starts talking to you in terminology you don't understand, and then suggests you do something and you don't understand why or the reasons of what you would be doing, it's not informed consent because if you don't understand what they're talking about, you don't, you, you aren't informed. So you need informed consent uh, in order to make decisions. Now I'm going to argue that informed consent was robbed of the people in early 2020 for lots of reasons. Uh, and the biggest is we just didn't talk about who was at really, who really was at risk and who really wasn't. Um, I'm going to go over some studies and some publications and those sorts of things. Uh, oh, Alan, did you hear that a province over here has put a, a sugar tax on soda sold and is looking to extend it to other items? That's a step in the right direction. It really is. Um, educating the masses has been put on the back burner for uh, political agenda. That's what I'm saying. Like, like we the people should have, you know, should have educa been educated about this. That's this. That is not the right way to handle it. People still drink and buy drugs. It will not help. It, it, it will not help at all. I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't know who you're talking to. If you're talking to me, what won't help at all? I mean, informed consent. I don't give. A, I, here's my thing. I don't care if people drink or buy drugs. I don't. I absolutely. You know, it will help. Like if people realized how bad some of this stuff was for them, then they would be able to make informed consent, informed decision about it. The thing is there to make the decision about it, not other people. But sugar tax, sugar tax will most definitely help. A sugar tax will most definitely help, especially if the money is used correctly.
it'll most definitely help. Right now, it's, le it's uh, less expensive to buy soda than water in America, in a lot of places. That's fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy. So it would definitely help. Thanks for the Twitter follow. Thank you. Hello from Camp uh, Lumiere. Thank you very much. I appreciate you, motherfuckers. I appreciate you. A oh, big problem with that, though, would be the potential extens extension to meat. That's, see, <laughs> that's where education comes in. Because one is an actual food and one is a food product. Processed sugar is a food product. You know, I mean, there would be, I would try for there to be a definite classification, you know, of it. And you work with agriculture, too. I don't see any reason why we're subsidized. We subsidized the sugar industry for $4 billion of taxpayer money a year. It's fucking insanity. Insanity. Subsidies, I think that would help too. I really do. Raising the price on cigarettes caused a dr uh, drastic drop in smoking. Sugar tax will work it's, uh, if it's significant. Exactly. It, 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 there's only so much people are going to put up with that way. But anyway, here's one of the things I wanted to start looking at. This was, let's see, this is from May 11th of 2020, all right? Now, right when all this came out, you could easily find a lot of articles that have been scrubbed from the internet, just fucking reality. Like, a lot of things have been taken off the internet, which is just ridiculous. Like, it used to be like, the internet's forever. Apparently not. Um, uh, but you could find very early that the high risk were elderly people and fat people. It's beyond a shadow of a doubt, like without, without even questioning. And the fucking thing is, it's literally because like being fat's not good for you. And we've known this forever. So I don't understand why there's this huge ass debate. I, I don't get it. I don't understand why there's some sort of crazy, huge debate on. Why a sugar tax would be more effective to force the industry to stop adding too much sugar and stop subsidizing sugar? Well, we, the st stopping of using taxpayer dollars to subsidize sugar is one thing. Forcing industries to do whatever, I don't believe in. I believe in a free market economy, as long as there's education involved in it. But a sugar tax, I'd the, you know, here's the thing. If you tax something like that, why, if, it's the same thing as there's an alcohol tax, you know? No need. Yes, there still is. Sugar is more dangerous than sugar, cigarettes, statistically. Just is. I mean, statistically, it absolutely is. But anyway, uh, they can try and scrub it, but pe uh, we people, yeah, that people say. But anyway, here we go. This is from May 11th of 2020. Now, there was already... Plenty of information out there about how. Let me see if I can change this up a little bit. I can change the window. That's good. There was already plenty of information saying that fat people were fat people and elderly people were at high risk. But I found it amazing. I mean, truly amazing that we did not actually warn fat people. Like, we did not. We just watched them die. 
and I've said this from the beginning, you guys can, and anybody, anybody that comes in here and wants to pretend like I have not call this from the fucking beginning. Uh, I, I mean, that's fine. Check my history, check, check, check Twitter, check, like you check the social media that they've allowed me to keep up. But I started asking questions immediately because I got to be real. Uh, nothing made sense. And I didn't buy any of the bullshit because in healthcare, the people that do the dying are the sick and are the elderly and the fat, the elderly, the sick and the fat. They're the people that do the dying. I mean, especially of communicable diseases, you know, of the flu and all like that. Of course, there's anomalous people and anomalous cases of this young, healthy person died. Any, and then they use that, of course, to say anybody can die of it. Anybody can get struck by lightning, too. Uh, anybody can get heat stroke, which I was more at risk of heat stroke than I was of this virus, statistically. Okay? I mean, because I'm going to be real. You could, this, is, this is who has passed away. Uh, in August of 2022, as of August 28th, you know, from the most deadly pandemic ever. I mean, if you want to take a look at the, at the entirety of it, it is, you know, whoops. I mean, what? So this is the year totals, right? More people died from obesity. Most of these people were obese and died from obesity. And there's also the jibby jab thing going on. And here we are, a little bit, uh, a little bit more than uh, three fourths of the way. More people have died from obesity each year. So we're going to keep it in reference, you know. <clears throat> But here we go. This is from May 11th of 2020. The younger an ICU patient with severe, and we're gonna go this, the younger the ICU patient with severe COVID-19, the more obese the patient tends to be according to a new analysis published in The Lancet. Now this was published, I mean, this was data from April that was published in May. So March and April, we knew. Like they knew, they knew fat people were at risk. No, find me anywhere where the powers that be tried to protect fat people. Instead, we made more fat people, and in the last two years, somehow have made, it, made fat people such a protected class that you can't call them fat, or you're seen as somehow mean. Like, we did, the mean thing is not warning them. I'm going to be, I will obviously, uh, it's what I do for a living. Um, oh, by the way, I just want to tell everybody, great sale, by the way, if uh, we are out of no morbidity right now, but uh, another awesome thing to do, you should, you should uh, go with... Uh, uh, you can do a nutrient driver, immortal, but they're having a fabulous sale over Tiger Fitness right now for for, for uh, Labor Day. Huge, huge, huge. Anyways, but I'm going to read this one more time. Obesity can. Uh, this is from May 11th of 2020. Obesity can shift severe COVID-19 to younger age groups. What your doctor is reading on Med, uh, Medscape. The younger an ICU patient with severe COVID-19, the more obese the patient tends to be, according to a new analysis published in Lancet. Again, this is from data from February, March, and April of 2020. 
by itself, obesity seems to be a sufficient risk factor to start see, uh, seeing pe younger people landing in the ICU, said the study's lead author, David Cass, MD, a professor of cardiology and medicine at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine in Baltimore, Maryland. In that sense, there's a simple message. It's if you're very, very overweight, don't think that if you're 35, you're that much safer from severe COVID than your mother or grandparents or others in their 60s or 70s. And again, this is where I came up with the, if you have eaten yourself, gluttoned yourself to the frailty of an elderly person, why should society protect you? These are your actions. You are doing them. You should, if you should be warned, we should be informing you. And as Secretary of Health of the United States, I would have informed people, if you are very fat, you should very much so try to reduce your body weight because now not only are you at risk of cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes, Alzheimer's, uh, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, hypertension, high blood, you know, all the, just a multitude of things, osteoarthritis, stroke. I mean, so many things, all the things that end up burdening our entire society. And the fact that most, uh, a huge portion of our uh, already healthcare burden is from lifestyle-driven chronic illnesses, from people gluttoning themselves, drinking too much, smoking too much. Um, you are now at high risk, uh, that, that of an elderly person for COVID-19. I will also point out that this is just an admission that not everybody is at the same risk. Yet we treated everybody as if they were at the same risk. Now, I know people were like, well, we can't overload the hospital system. But why would we not try to alleviate some of that off the hospital system? I personally would be trying to make the healthcare expenditure of the United States as little as humanly possible. If I was a secretary of the United, uh, secretary of health of the United States, I would try to make it with uh, you know, as little as humanly possible, just minuscule, tiny. I would try to get it to the point where it was barely a thing because the more you have to use it, the more, that people die in hospitals. It is a known factor that medical error is the third leading cause of death in the United States. The more we interact with that, it always so lowers that. By watching out for the public health of people, by watching out for the weight of people and what they're ingesting and how much activity they get, how much sunlight they get, we would be in fact reducing down multiple layers of possible death and illness and disease in the United States. But by just by accessing the healthcare system less often, it produces down a huge cause of death in the United States. Something like 450,000 people a year die from medical uh, error in the United States. But yet alone the fact that now we have an admission that fat people uh, in early 2020, in May of 11th of 2020, this is before the masks and everything. These were the people that are at risk, elderly people and fat people. We know this, like it is, it is factual. The findings which Cass described as a two week snapshot of 265 patients, 58% male in late March and early April at a handful of university hospitals in the United States reinforced other recent research so there's much other research going on about this time, by the way, indicating that obesity is one of the biggest risk factors for severe COVID-19 disease, particularly among younger patients. In addition, a large British study shows that after adjusting for comorbidities, obesity was a significant factor associated with in-hospital death of COVID-19. But the new analysis stands out as the only data set to date to specifically ask the question relative to age of whether COVID severe COVID-19 disease 
correlates to ICU treatment, he said. The mean age uh, of his study population in the ICU was 55, Katz said, and that was young, not what we were expecting, even though the first 20 patients were already see already seeing younger patients. They definitely were heavier with plenty of patients with BMIs over 35. He added that relationship was pretty tight, pretty quick. So being morbidly obese is a, a massive risk factor. It's fucking, I mean, it, this is not even a question. Cass and co-authors write that the analysis of the data, they anticipated similar results to the largest study of uh, 1,591 ICU patients from Italy, in which only, uh, only 203 were younger and 51, uh, younger than 51 years. Common comorbidities amongst these patients include hypertension, cardiovascular disease, and type 2 diabetes, all fatness diseases, all lifestyle-driven chronic illnesses for the most part. A similar data reported from China. When the COVID-19 epidemic accelerated in the United States, older age was also identified as a risk factor. Obesity had not been, had not been added to the list, and it never fucking was, really. We never said, hey, you're fat, you should lose weight, you're at high risk. We never actually did that. Because we can't hurt people's feelings, apparently. We'd rather watch them die. Cast noted, but fo uh, following informal dis discussions with colleagues and other ICUs around the country, he decided to investigate further as to whether it was an underappreciated risk factor. Cass and colleagues did a quick evaluation to the link of BMI and age of patients with COVID-19 admitted to ICUs at John Hopkins University of Cincinnati, New York University, University of Washington, Florida Health, and University of Pennsylvania. The significant inverse correlation between age and BMI showed younger ICU patients were more likely to be obese with no difference in gender. Median BMI among study participants was 29.3 kilograms per, per meter squared, with only a quarter having a BMI lower than 26, and another 25% having a BMI higher than 34.7. Cass acknowledged that it was wasn't possible with this simple data set to account for any other potential co-founders, but he told Medscape Medical News that while diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and hypertension, for example, can occur with obesity, that is generally less so in younger populations as it takes time for the comorbidities to develop. <clears throat> so basically what they're saying is, uh, even though some that this we're talking about the metabolically health obese stupidity, like you're metabolically healthy, meaning you don't have the ab you have the absence of cardiovascular disease, diabetes, or hypertension, but you're a fat as fuck, and you still are at high risk because even though you don't have any of those things, you are still at risk from just being obese. Normally, because it's, I believe it's because it's a, cro a chronic inflammatory state. For one, obesity places extra pressure on the diaphragm while you're lying on your back, restricting breathing. Uh, morbid obesity itself is pro-inflammatory. Uh, here, uh, here we have, we've got a viral infection with early reports suggesting that cytokine storms and immune mishandling of the virus and why it's so much more severe than other forms of coronavirus we've seen before. So if you have someone who has already underlying pro-inflammatory state, this could be the reason for higher risk, as we've discussed with other things too. Additionally, the antiothensin converting enzyme 2, ACE2 receptor, to which the SARS-CoV-2 virus that causes COVID-19 attaches is expressed in higher amounts in adipose tissue than the, lung, than the lungs. This could turn into a kind of viral replication depot, meaning that they produce, they, they replicate the virus more, which they do, you know. So, uh, sensitivity needed for public messaging about risks, but uh, but test sooner. Test on fuck stupid shit. Uh, with an obesity rate of about forty percent, the United States, the 
results are particularly relevant for Americans. So this is this is where you get people like Fauci literally stating that, that, that it's because of the obesity epidemic that we lock the people down. And that's, it's a statement. This is from July of 2020. Uh, it is body mass index and outcomes in patients with COVID-19 uh, dose uh, response meta-analysis. The result, a total of three, uh, 34,390 patients from 12 studies were included in this meta-analysis. The meta-analysis demonstrated that obesity was associated with a composite poor outcome, uh, mortality, and, and severity in patients with COVID-19. A pooled analysis of, high, of highest BMI versus reference BMI indicated that a higher BMI in the patients was associated with composite poor outcome, mortality, and severity. The dose-response meta-analysis showed an increased risk of composite poor outcome uh, of 1.052 for every five kilo, for every five uh, points on the BMI scale, basically. The curve steepens with increasing BMI. So the fatter you are, the more risk you're at. Um, let's see. So this was, you know, July of 2020. Um, here's another one. September of 2020, Association of Body Mass Index with Critical COVID and In-Hospital Mortality, a dose response meta-analysis. And this is pretty much uh, the same uh, same study, I believe it was. Nope. A total of 16 observational studies involving 109,881 patients with COVID-19 were included in a meta-analysis. The pooled results showed the patients with a BMI over 30 had a 2.35-fold BMI over 30 had a 2.35-fold risk for critical COVID and 2.68-fold risk of mortality death compared to patients with BMI under 30. Um, why did we not warn these people, Mike? Why did we treat every human being as if they were at the same risk? And why did we not warn these people? I mean, that's, that's, that's what, this is where I'm at. Okay. Like fuck your politics. I just want to see, I don't want to see people. I want to see people live and be free. Fuck your politics. If I was secretary of health in the United States, I would absolutely try to inform people, public broadcasts. Hey, if you are overweight, here's what you should do. You know, I understand that it might hurt some industries such as the soda industry and the bread industry and a few other industries like that. But the government of the United States should be about helping the people of the United States, not about what, watching out for industries. You know, we spent trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars when, in fact, we could have built industry around helping elderly people stay isolated and, you know, as, as much as humanly possible, paid a bunch of fucking people extra, you know, to literally test themselves every day, you know, at, at, you know, if at all possible, stay at facilities to take care of these elderly people. I mean, you, as somebody that worked in this industry, do you know how mobile and active and, you know, and, and already pre-isolated a fucking 75-year-old with four-plus comorbidities is already? They're not fucking at the general store. They're, not, they're, they're already in, in nursing home, okay? They're already fairly isolated. The nursing homes should have been, you know, fucking isolated, isolated, you know, people should have been able to accept their own risk. I mean, the amount of damage we've caused is amazing. Another one, cooking lessons for children. There'd be a weekly cooking lesson. There'd be, we there'd be week weekly talk about buying local. <laughs> I mean, because you are in the U.S. government. You should not be for big business. You should be for buying local. You know why? Buying local, growing your own food also is much, fuck, much, much, much better on consumption of gasoline, consumption of packaging, waste, those are the things. Like when you shop local, it doesn't have to travel and get packaged as much. You also put money into local economies. 
I mean, when, when you buy, when you buy oranges, when you live in Florida and buy oranges from California, you are pushing money outside of your fucking economy. It's crazy to me. I don't even get it. Anyway, but so back to this compared with, uh, so 2.68 risk, uh, full risk, uh, for COVID-19 mortality compared with patients of a BMI of under 30. So we're not even talking, by the way, we are not even talking like not like big, like, like, I mean, my, my BMI is something like 27, you know, like we're just talking like, don't be fat as fuck. Like, I get that people have problems losing weight. Trust. I get it. Okay. More than, more than most of you could possibly know. I get it. Right. Because I have trouble with mine. That's why we've developed things like no morbidity. That's why we th we're developing product too. That's why I take nutrient driver every day, which by the way, you can get nutrient driver, which is, um, it has berberine in it. It's excellent for your fucking, uh, blood sugar regulation or like that. It helps me avoid having sugar cravings. So I take it three times a day. As a matter of fact, my, my pillows, my bottles are somewhere around here, but like, that's why I take nutrient driver. Your berberine is going to be in product too. That's why I take uh, a wide spectrum multivitamin a day to make sure I don't have any micronutrient holes that might cause cravings. Cause I watch what I, I try to watch what I eat. I get it. I have problems with food, right? But that's not an excuse. That's just a problem. It's not a reason. It's something to deal with. You know, it's, it's what we should have to do, you know? Yeah, this is perfect. You don't have to be ripped and fit to be healthy. You, you absolutely do not. And under 30 BMI is not a huge fucking expectation for, for population health, especially when being like when being fat does burden society. It absolutely does. Like my job as secretary of health of the United States would be to, in fact, try to minimize the impact of negative health ramifications. It wouldn't be to, it wouldn't be to treat the sick. It would be to avoid the illness. Like that's the thing. The health is about avoiding illness. Being healthy is about avoiding illness. We have sick care. We don't have health care in America. We, we take care of the sick. We do not try to even get people healthy or, or have people stay healthy. That is villainized. You know, that, that, that's, that's it's, it, like being healthy is almost villainized. Being fat is somehow brave when in fact you have a 2.68 fold risk uh, or higher mortality from a fucking cold virus. I mean, you know, I, we always hear the, you know, fat bodies are good bodies. No, they're not. Like, no, they're not. They're just not. Subgroup analysis showed that, uh, showed that patients with obesity and age of over 60 years associated with significant increased risk of co uh, critical COVID. Meta-regression uh, meta analysis of results showed that age had a significant influence in the association with BMI. So if you're fat and old, you're fucking in big fucking problems. Uh, random effect dose response meta-analysis showed a linear association between BMI and both critical COVID and mortality. Uh, the risk of critical COVID-19 and mortality increased 9% uh, and 6% for each one kilogram increase of BMI, respectively. Kilogram per meter. So conclusion, evidence from this meta-analysis suggests that linear dose-response association between BMI and both COVID severity and mortality. Further, obesity, BMI over 30, was associated with a significant increased risk of critical COVID and in-hospitalization mortality of COVID-19.
So we knew this again. This is from September of 2020. We've and this information was gathered way before this. This is—I mean, we did not warn these people. We did not warn anybody. We pretended that everybody was at the same risk. It's fucking tragic. It, it, I mean, it really was. This is from, straight from the CDC. This is March 12th of 2021. This is body mass index and risk of COVID-19 related hospital uh, intensive care admissions and in, invasive mechanical ventilation, which proved to actually be fucking murder. Um, obesity is recognized risk factor for severe COVID-19. They don't talk about it at all. That we don't talk about this shit whatsoever. You know, like uh, risk of hospitalization, ICU deaths were the lowest amongst patients of BMIs of 24.2, 25.9, 25 and 23.7 respectively. And then increased sharply with higher BMIs. Risk for invasive mechanical ventilation increased over the full range of BMIs from 15 kilograms to 60. As, I mean, it's this is just, it's reality. You know, this is another one. This is the cost of COVID-19 pandemic associated with obesity in Europe, a healthcare uh, cost model. So the summary, the total direct cost of the secondary care during the first wave of COVID-19 in Europe were estimated at euros of 13.9 billion, whereof 76% accounted for treating people with overweight and obesity. 76% of that. The average cost per hospital admission increased with BMI from 15,831 euros for BMI of 125 to 30,982 uh, euros for BMI of above 40. So more than double. The fuck? I mean, people, you know, this is not how you take care of people. You, you, you help them avoid illness. Obesity is complications for COVID-19 mortality. This is from April 1, 2020. First published April 1 of 2020. Give me a second. I got to eat more coffee. I'm back. So this is from April 1 of 2020. Between April 2009 and January 2010, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention estimated that 41 to 84 million people were affected with H1N1 virus, blah, 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 the disproportionate H1N1. I don't know why we're talking about H1N1 experience. So they were trying to compare the two. The prevalence of adult obesity and severe obesity in 2017-2018 has increased and now 42 and 9 respectively. The observations suggest that proportional patients with obesity and severe obesity and COVID-19 infections will increase uh, compared with the H1N1. So basically they just compared it to H1N1 and apparently people have a harder time with H1N1 too uh, when, when they're morbidly obese. Because guess why? You're fucking fat, you know? Uh, Non-respiratory complications of obesity in patients dying with uh, COVID-19 in Italy. So this was from like early, early, early on. Um, obesity was uh, pre present in 40, 411 of 3,694 uh, 3, patients, 11% patients dying with COVID-19. Obesity was significantly associated with increased probability of experiencing acute renal failure and shock. The association of obesity with acute renal failure and shock were stronger in patients aged less than 60 uh, than those aged 60 or older adjusted. In, in conclusion, in patients dying with COVID-19 in Italy, obesity is associated with an increased probability of non-respiratory complications, particularly shock and acute renal failure. These associations seem stronger. So, I mean, I would just keep reading over and over. 
This is an Italian snapshot. This is obesity and COVID, an Italian snapshot. Results a total of 92 patients were enrolled. Patients with overweight and obesity were younger than patients with normal weight. A higher need for assistant ventilation beyond pure oxygen support and a higher uh, admission to in, uh, intense and semi-care units were observed in patients with overweight and obesity. COVID study finds about 78% of people hospitalized were overweight or obese. Obesity significantly increases chances of severe outcomes for COVID-19 patients. This is on the World Health Organization website, but when you tried to say something like this on YouTube, by the way, at this time, they deleted the video. It's, this is just fucking pathetic and sad. And if I was the Secretary of Health of the United States in 2020, my, I, would not have, I, I would have tried to look out for the people of the United States as you swore to do and uphold the Constitution as you swore to do versus <clears throat> looking out for business I would have tried to warn people that were at higher risk and tried to tell people that were at lower risk that they should likely operate their lives as per normal. And if they felt ill to stay the fuck in and avoid human contact, because guess what? That's what you fucking do when you're sick. When you have a cold, you're supposed to stay away from other people. It's been common knowledge for a goddamn long time. And if you are not sick, if you are not symptomatic, you are not you are not normally contagious, as was the case with this also. And then <clears throat> this one is from 2020 also. Um, the novel uh, so COVID uh, has created a global pandemic with its syndrome. The number of people affected uh, by COVID-19 increases worldwide. Older adults. Uh, and those are immunocompromised due to underlying medical conditions are at higher risk of developing serious complications from COVID-19. So why did we, we all would like, this was the thing, but yet every time you turn to the news, it's like anybody, it can be anybody. It can be young people. It could be your children. Fucking children are like bee stings. I think kill more kids than fucking COVID-19. I don't know that for sure. That is just me guesstimating, but, uh, um, Let's see. A study in France was shown that the risk uh, for the risk or need of ventilators in the patients with uh, with COVID nineteen was sevenfold higher for individuals with body mass index above thirty five compared to the body mass index of twenty five. A study in New York found which people with younger than sixty years of age with a BMI above thirty were significantly more likely to be admitted to care than individuals with BMI less than thirty. Additional research from New York City demonstrated that patients with obesity had significantly higher rates of admission to intensive care units and, and rates of death. A study in Mexico where COVID-19 patients were where with obesity had higher rates of admission to intensive care units were more likely to be intubated and have five-fold increase of mortality. So here's the thing. <clears throat> here's what I want to put to you all. I understand, and I'm going to be real. This is just me being very, very serious and very, like, just as real as I can get, right? I joke about what I would do if I was the Secretary of Health of the United States and all that stuff all the time. It's not that I wouldn't take the job either. i got to be real. It's not that I wouldn't take the job because I think I could do a better job because I, you don't need to be a rocket scientist at this point in time. You just need to have common sense and try to look out for the good of people. My delivery is harsh because the world is harsh. My delivery is very sharp and, po and poignant. My delivery is meant to try to get people to see reality. And the reality is that obesity is destroying us. It is destroying this nation. And 
Right now, I don't see it as the government is trying to help. Of course, because they don't. That's what that governments don't do that. We, the people, need to definitely fucking start taking care of each other. And to do that, a lot of you out there watching, maybe not the people that are watching right now, but a lot of you that are going to watch this later need to wake up to the idea that you have to take care of yourself. That at some point in time, it is going to get, like times are going to get hard enough where you are going to have to look out for yourself. I just, I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know where we go from here. Like when you can clearly see that not one public health official discussed the information that I just discussed in the way I discussed it. <clears throat> when you can clearly know that over the last two and a half years, we were made to believe and see that like everybody was at risk and we needed to do, we like at no point in time should anybody have been told what they, what they could and couldn't do. That's not freedom to me. And I understand that for many of you out there that you are very happy that people like me, the, the government tried to tell us what to do. One, I wouldn't have listened. And two, I didn't have to where I lived. Never owned a mask, never isolated, not once, you know, I wore one, I wore a mask one time to see my mother. That was it. But I, I just, I refused because it was very clear to me, knowing what I knew about healthcare and reading the data that they knew as well as I knew that the people that did the dying normally were the people that were doing the dying, elderly people and fat people. And for some reason, the, over the last two and a half years, we have made it so fat people, like we don't even talk about the dangers. Like we're, we're living in this fantasy world that they're somehow healthy. And that's very dangerous. Like I, I get that like we try to have like, I try to be entertaining, you know, like I mean, do, I do, I enjoy, I enjoy telling jokes and I enjoy being, doing the things and I, I enjoy all that. But like at, at some point in time, But at some point in time, we have to fucking like get to the point where we realize that like we live like reality exists and all the fucking bullshit that we're arguing about when it comes to like all, all the shit that we're being made to argue about does not protect anybody, you know, eat whole foods like. I find it amazing, like where, where we're at right now, like if I was Secretary of Health of the United States, I would talk about 15 days to slow the spread of obesity, not 15 days to slow the spread, not 15 days to flatten the curve, 15 days to flatten your fucking stomach, 15 days. And I say this all the time, 15 days, go 15 days without eating processed carbohydrates of any kind. 
15 days. I don't give a fuck what you eat besides that. Drink an ounce of fluid per pound of your body mass. And don't eat any processed carbohydrates for 15 days. And get back to me. If you cannot do that, if you cannot do that, you should ask yourself why. I go weeks upon weeks without even eating processed food. Like, and I get, and I get free protein powder for fuck's sake. You know what I mean? Like I, I occasionally have like a protein, like a protein pudding at night, which by the way, I'm going to point out that whey protein is fucking food. <laughs> whey protein is fucking food and it's, it's processed protein. It's not processed carbohydrates, but I challenge you to just eat 15 days drinking an ounce of fluid per pound of your body mass, which is what the data shows. If you're living in a warm climate or a hotter climate or you work out, you're probably taking more than that. 15 days drinking an ounce of fluid per pound of body mass and eat nothing but whole foods, meats, eggs, uh, vegetables, and fruit. That's it. Eat just that's that, that that's what it is 15 days if you cannot because it's a matter of convenience what could you do in your life to change that what can you do in your life to prioritize your health right and if you if you cannot because that shit just calls to you except the fact that you've got a problem with that shit it should show you that there's it's an actual problem that's what i would have said to, to people you know, and if I couldn't have gotten the support to do not do the stupid shit and try to fucking close the economy down, because whenever you turn the economy off, people die. Like we knew this back then. It's not like turn, it's not like lockdowns and down, downturn economy doesn't have actual death connected to it. We knew this. If anything, just in increased suicides and increased <clears throat> and increased um overdoses and domestic violence and all sorts of shit alone. You know, what we did to try to protect ourselves from a cold is fucking ridiculous. I mean, absolutely fucking insane ridiculous. Sheeny, it depends on the honey you get. If it's honey straight from like a, a, lo a local farmer, I, I would I would suggest no. I'm going to point out that if the first thing you think of when I say to stay away from processed carbohydrates is how can you get something sweet that you might have a problem with sweet stuff. I, I mean I'm I'm going to I'm going to suggest that you know like I mean it's it's what happens. Uh, <clears throat> uh, there are these perfect bars and they have honey in them. Great dessert. What you don't need a dessert. Is it your birthday? Fifth for the 15 days, try not to even eat anything that tastes sweet. Besides fruit, fruit is your sweetness, you know, like, like that's the thing. And I'm not, I'm not knocking on you. I appreciate, I appreciate you, but you want salt. Yeah, I, I agree. But you can, if you eat, if you eat, uh, uh, meats and stuff like that, you, you do get, you do get plenty of sodium in there just to be real. So, but I would encourage people to get out and walk, get some vitamin D. We knew Back then, that's what Mark, Mark got shadow banned for fucking, uh, <clears throat> Mark got shadow banned for fucking talking about vitamin D when we knew it was fucking healthy for people and it helped avoid 
cytokine storms in the lungs. So shit could have been a lot different. I would have done better than what was done. I have no doubt. And anybody that does, I'd like to debate in an open stage. Back and forth, we present our data. Like, because like, that's a huge problem right now, is that dissenting opinions are no there's no longer debate. There is just stuff labeled as disinformation. I've had more shit labeled as disinformation that now is completely 100% correct. Like, that the, the shit that I've been spoken about is now seen as 100% correct. <clears throat> I just... <clears throat> We just had a fucking, uh, we just had basically two and a half years of misstep and nobody's calling anybody on this. Two and a half years of not telling fat people they were at risk. We're, I mean, I, I, have, I have multiple videos. Like, are we not going to warn these people that they're at higher risk? We treated, by treating everybody, by treating every single person as if, the, as if they're the same risk, it gave a very, it, it fucked up, fucked with people bad. It gave people who were young and healthy a lot of anxiety and stress more than what they needed because they were not at that high of risk. They just weren't by pretending that you could spread a virus when, when you didn't have symptoms, we caused a shit ton of stress on all of the, on all, all country, the entire country. There is not really a thing for a non immunized person of asymptomatic spread of upper respiratory viruses. There's just not. I mean, if you don't have symptoms, it has been historically known that you just don't transmit. Fauci even said so at the beginning of this. But then all of a sudden we needed to make sure everybody locked down and got terrified because it became political. So all of a sudden everybody could possibly be spreading it. Somebody could have it and you could give it to somebody else. You could give it to somebody else. We described the process of how communicable diseases have worked the entirety of our species and then pretended like it was some huge fucking surprise for a cold virus that one person gives it to another person and that person gives it to another person. This is nature. This is how shit works. I would argue that the use of masks increased viral spread because people self-infected self themselves. People, people uh, cause themselves to get infected at a higher rate by touching their faces more often with a dirty ass fucking rag. And I would be 100% right. And there would be much more data and logic to, to support that than anything else. I, I, it, it's just reality. And it being labeled as disinformation at one point in time is a travesty. We need to get back to, like, we try to, like, be healthy as people. Like, it's not shaming to say you should, you should, try, to be, you should try to be physically fit. Like, we're fucking animals. You know what, what gluttonous animals and in, in, like, if you are less mobile and, and have a more harder time breathing doing tasks, if you, if you're like, if you don't have cardiovascular efficiency and mobility compared to the rest of your species in nature, you die and we could get there very fucking quickly. I mean, very fucking quickly. So I don't get it. Like, 
I, I understand that people don't want to be told that they've done anything fucking wrong because you motherfuckers have been given participation trophies your entirety of your fucking life, and that's my generation's fault, for real. My generation started giving our we started giving our kids participation trophies, and you motherfuckers act like you can't be told you you ain't shit. Do yourself a favor. If you're my age or if you're whatever, if your kid's young, remind them that they ain't shit a lot. Remind them that they need to work fucking hard a lot. Remind them. A lot. Because this whole, I'm perfect the way I am. No, you're not. Most of you motherfuckers suck. Most of you motherfuckers are weak, weak-spirited, physically fucking sickly, fucking pathetic, kind of like slobbish, fucking treating your body like shit human beings. Who then want to fucking throw your hand in the air when anybody, whenever anybody says maybe you should fucking work on yourself. Like the concept of self of self improvement to a lot of you is somehow super fucking foreign and 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 upsets upsets people extremely bad. When in fact, like it's weird. Like the people I know that are physical, like like that, that like being physically fit, we're always working on ourselves. We always think that there's room for improvement. We always accept the fucking challenge. But a bunch of motherfuckers don't want to like out in society right now. Don't want to be told that they're anything less than fucking perfectly desirable by like I, there's a reason why being gluttonously big in nature is not attractive it does not attract mates it's because you're sickly you get sick easier you're more of a burden on the fucking herd we talk about herd immunity it just is what it is you know we're we're, we're a species of animals and my fucking goodness, some of you motherfuckers would not survive a goddamn day in nature. You know, like I get it. You don't it's like so many people don't want to fucking be like want want to be told that there there's something wrong with them. But I'm trying to be as realistic as I can when I when I say this. A lot of you motherfuckers are weak and pathetic, fat, slobbish, fucking sloppy ass people who only want to be told the good things about your life and ignore in any possible way anything negative. Data is data. You get sick more. You are more of a burden to all of us. The fatter you fucking get, you will live less. These are not guesses. It is not fat phobia. These are realities. You clog our fucking healthcare system. You get sick at a higher rate. You have a harder time with fucking cold viruses. This is reality. Having so many of you be so gluttonously fat is in fact damaging our society. I'm not, I'm not saying everybody should have a six pack. Far from it. I don't even, I'm not rocking a six pack right now. Well, I'm rocking a little bit of a six pack right now. But I am saying that if the statistics show that you have a 2.7 increase in fucking mortality from a fucking, like, that's like fucking, people were, that's 207, it's almost 300% increase in mortality from a cold virus when you're fat as fuck, unfatten your fucking cells. This is not, this is not conjecture. This is not fat shaming. This is real. This is me trying to tell you, I give enough of a fuck about you to tell you. For two and a half years, people have gaslit you into thinking that you are fucking fine, that everybody is at the same risk at you. No, that's not fucking true. That's not true at all. I could get this cold and it could kill me. 
But you know what? A regular cold could kill me. Depending on circumstances, get bronchitis, something else happened, have a cytokine storm, have an, have an asthma attack while, I'm fucking, you know, while I have the fucking cold, and fucking develop pneumonia and bacterial infection, sepsis, all sorts of shit. Healthy people do die of colds also, of regular ass colds. But when you are at much higher risk of fucking dying from this shit and nobody told you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that for two and a half years or less, it's really the last five years, but especially the last two and a half years, people pretended that you being a gluttonous, fat, sloppy person was fine. It's not. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. And if I was your secretary of health of the United States, I would apologize if it hurt your feelings, but fuck your feelings. It's time for everybody to get healthy. It should be viewed as an American citizen's responsibility to be healthy. We live in the freest country in the world, or we used to. That comes with certain responsibilities, one of which should be gun ownership. But that's a whole other fucking thing. Because when every citizen in the United States owns a firearm, it makes us the largest standing army in the world, and nobody will come fuck with us. That's a whole other thing. But you should be able to take care of your fucking self. We have too many people that emburden the rest of society more than they fucking put in. Too many people that burden our healthcare system way more, way more disproportionately than other people while consuming more resources, while, you know, while, you know, making more, more waste. Too many fucking people. <clears throat> it's fucking time. We have, there are tools to do so. Again, 15 days to slow the spread of obesity. Drink an ounce of fluid per pound of body mass and eat no processed foods at all. Only taste the taste of sweet in the evening and have it be either fruit or something with honey in it. No oats, no nothing. No oats, no nothing. Vegetables, fruits, meats. Done. Figure it out. Figure it out. You know, I watched the president last night. We are reaching a very scary time in our society. Things are so polar. We need to find a way as people to come together. We really do. But to do that, we have to be able to fucking support each other. We have to. Why no oats? Because what do you put on oats? Do you just eat oats? Do you just bake oats in water? If anything, I'd rather you do grits. But because grits are normally done savory, but people put sweet shit on oats. That's why. Stinging nettles make great salads, absolutely. <sighs> grits, yes. I, I love grits. Love it, love it. That's, I mean, that's the thing. It's not that hard. People just pretend like it is. I mean, vegetables, fruits, fruit in the evening. No sugar, no nothing. No sugar, no nothing. Good. Well, I mix oats and water and make a kind of porridge. That works. Fine. Do that, whatever. But Jesus fucking, it is amazing when I, like... It's two weeks. Go two weeks with just vegetables, just fruit, eating and and uh, animal proteins. It's just amazing, you know. Like, I, I 
<clears throat> anyway. Anyway, we're almost at our time. Anybody with any real, real quick questions about this? I'm sorry if this is summary. I'm probably going to be back tomorrow. So, but I, and again, we do have a Labor Day sale going on at TigerFitness.com. I suggest you pick up some Berberine and some Immortal. And then we'll be back in stock before you know it with no morbidity. So I hope uh, any questions real quick, guys. Do yourselves a favor. When, what time? I don't know. Whenever I feel like it. On weekends, I'm just going to fucking, I'm just going to go live if I feel like it. I, I probably will. I, I'm saying probably. I don't know. So, but Andrea B, anytime anyone asks me for, for my food advice, I always tell them to eat as closely to the earth as possible. Need a sugar, fruit. That's beautiful. That's, that's fucking, that's fucking outstanding. Andrea, it's fucking outstanding. But reality, you know, reality, 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 reality. Like we need to, we need to very seriously knock off this fucking ridiculous bullshit. I don't give a fuck how much you lift. I don't give, I don't give a fuck what your bench is. Don't give a shit. I don't. I don't give a fuck if you rock a six pack. I, I really don't. I, I I don't. But if you're over 30 BMI, you're putting yourself at higher risk. I just gave you the data. And I'm not saying like you should have to do anything. You're a free fucking person. I'm just saying society shouldn't subsidize you. I'm saying that you should like, if you are going to eat yourself an illness, you should have to pay for that illness instead of all society paying for that illness. It sucks. I know. Right. It's fucking, you know, it, reality is a fucking nasty ass fucking thing. Should we try to take care of people? Absolutely. Especially elderly people and kids. But we didn't do that either. By pretending that everybody was at the same risk. You know how many elderly people I saw in line? Like, they were standing six feet away. Six feet was a completely made up, ridiculous number. Aerosolized vapor that carries viruses on it travels 30 fucking meters. You dumb fucks. We've known this. It's fucking. We just we need we need very much. We we, we have a world to save. We need to unfat America. We need to be in order for us to become a strong nation. We need to become strong people. And right now we're just weak, weak, sloppy, sloppy and fat. It's fucking pathetic. I hope all of you. Have, I, I, I hate to leave it on that. I hate to leave the week on that, but. I really fucking hope that everybody can fucking, if, if you're in good shape, which I hope you are, or you're getting there, fucking keep killing it, motherfuckers. You are fucking heroes. You are heroes. Heroes, heroes. You really are. If you have fat people in your life or people that drink too much, smoke too much, glutton themselves, reach out to them and try to tell them that they are putting themselves at serious risk. Like, it's fucking important. Okay, that's caring about them. It absolutely is. If they call, if they say, "Well, you're fat phobic," like have them enter reality, because you know they're not healthy. You know it, and they're at higher risk for all sorts of shit. And they're harder on our society. They're a burden. They really are. So, I hope everybody has a great day. I, I am, I'm actually, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to move on from this and have a very, very, very good day. I hope to talk to all you motherfuckers soon. Like I said, I'll probably be live tomorrow. I'm not sure, but I probably will be. Goddamn.